most of the plants are just being used for you know cosmetics or medicinal purposes right now and you know the textile industry also requires hectares and hectares of hemp to grow to be you know churned into fiber and then into yarn and xyz so i feel we are the brim of changing because hemp is a such a robust crop it can grow in so many different climatic conditions so i feel it's a great bet for india to start with the growing and then Hey guys, it's Mandy with Global Hemp Association. I wanted to say thank you so much for joining. I'm excited about the opportunity to build a relationship and connect this supply chain. I mean, after all, that's why we started the association. Our association was built on the foundation of connecting supply chain, building relationships, and helping you grow your business. Anyone from farmers, manufacturers, and distributors, people that are passionate about the supply chain, and those creating products selling into biofuels, plastics, textiles, construction, and building materials. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm really excited to be here today talking about hemp textiles. And Sherpa, I love your pillows behind you, so I'm really excited to show those off. But before we do, let us know where you're joining from. Say hello. Ask some questions. Um, I love inter interacting and getting to know you guys as listeners, so please drop a note. Say hello. Um, but yeah, without further ado, well, before I even move on real quick, I want to remind everybody to get onto the NOCO website and buy your tickets. We've had uh, so many hundreds of people nominate different professionals within this industry doing awesome things. So get on the NOCO website or our Global Hemp Association website. You can scroll down to the middle of the first page and there is a link to nominate other companies that are doing great things. Carbon sequestration, economic impact, leadership, agriculture. Um, so get on, nominate people, and then we hope to see you there. Make sure that you get your ticket. We are selling out fast. There's a few tables left. Okay, there's actually like half the tables left. We're still a month away. And so without selling out or making sure that you guys know about them so you don't sell out, let us know you're here. I'll highlight you. Make sure that you're um, dropping in to say hello. And Sherbet, tell me a little bit about what you're doing. Where are you in this, this process? And what really lights your fire to even get into sustainable products and hemp products? First of all, good morning and thank you, Mandy, for having me here. Yeah. It's a great honor. Uh, I would like to start with my introduction. I'm basically 30 years old. Uh, my name is Sripad Jagadar. I'm from Mumbai, India. And my brand is Weaving Vibes. Uh, we basically manufacture sustainable fabrics. One of the main fabrics being uh, hemp. And uh, just a little to tell you about my journey as to why and how I got to manufacturing hemp. Uh, I feel... Uh, we, I didn't choose to get into sustainable manufacturing. It kind of chose me in a way in okay. terms of I was born uh, into textiles where my grandfather was a pioneer in starting the shirting division for a brand in India called the Raymond's Group, which is still one of you know the top five uh, companies in India. And then with my father in the 80s starting his own weaving factory, there were always talks about read, pick, GSM, colors, weaves, you know, through my whole childhood. So listening to all of that, uh, finishing my graduation, doing a diploma in textiles, I started my journey in 2014, where I joined my father's business. And uh, in those four years, I learned a lot about, you know, polyester and the harm it does and the widespread effect it has. 
Yeah. And that kind of uh, made me think as to there has to be a better alternative to uh, polyesters and their blends. And uh, that's when I think around 2017 in India, you know, plastic started getting banned in grocery stores, mm-hmm. which got replaced by, you know, polyester bags. Uh, straws started getting banned. And, you know, the whole sustainable wave basically took on. And that's when I felt I need to get on this boat as well. Because not only is it great for the environment, it's great for the future as well. And uh, it's a little cliche, but I was in Amsterdam in 2018 with a couple of friends where I ended up going to the hemp museum where they have various kind of, you know, hemp products from the flower to the stem to various kind of seeds and everything. And that was my Eureka moment because I remember seeing a hemp fabric and my textile brain just took off and I was like, wow, I can make this. I just need to get my hands on the right yarn. Yeah. Okay. And, so I want to ask you just really quick, talk to me a little bit about the weaving and textile industry in India, because you guys are really leading the charge from what I understand on capabilities to weave and in the textile space, the amount of fabrics and the designs that are coming out of your area. Correct. The industry in general is large. So okay. like, you know, India produces one of the largest cotton uh, crops in the world. So in terms of factory textiles started in India back in the days when, you know, the Britishers had control over India. That's when, you know, the first factories came up. So India has a lot of knowledge, a lot of heritage in textiles. So that is why you see, you know, they call, there's this area called Bivandi, which they call the Manchester of uh, India. Because that is the place where there are over thousands of factories, thousands and lakhs of looms manufacturing yeah. most of the fabric that's, you know, eventually ending up getting garmented in Bangladesh and spread all over the world in different brands. So India does have a very strong hold in terms of manufacturing, not only in terms of woven textiles, also knits, also agro textiles, also technical textile. It's vast. It's a lot. So I am actually taking advantage of that and kind of trying to make a change with not producing the non-sustainable fabrics by not only producing sustainable fabrics, but maintaining sustainable ethics while running the factory as well. Because I feel that's also a very important factor that normally gets negated in, in a lot of places. You know, that didn't even... It's kind of funny, and I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit how disconnected I was from the dollar T-shirt that was being purchased at the stores and where that, you know, who pays for that, the number of hands or the number of people that touch that piece of fabric before we purchase it in the store. You know, so I was actually going to ask you, what is sustainability to you? And what does that really mean uh, when you talk about the textile space and understanding the chemicals and, you know, that are used and the the staff or the employees, like you said, who touch and work on the projects. So yeah, can you like speak to so, whole, without greenwashing, right? There's so much greenwashing that happens. Correct. So, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to generalize it. I can just speak with my yeah. personal experience. For yeah. me and the people I've met in India who are also manufacturing some of the other sustainable products, all of us are into, I feel sustainability is a lifestyle. It can't just be a part of you. It kind of encompasses you 
in terms of your living, your food habit, it makes you think at terms of disposal of waste. So overall, it's a kind of a holistic, uh, you know, journey. It's not only that I'm doing sustainable fabrics and driving a petrol or diesel car. It's not only I'm making sustainable fabrics and paying less to my employees doing over hours. It has to be everything. So a lot of people, when they come to me, they're like, no, your fabrics are expensive. I'm like, they're expensive because I'm treating my workers the right way. I'm giving them all the right wages and I'm following all the ASO free dyes, all the norms, all the GOTS certifications. So all that adds price. But the benefit is that hemp, as we all know, is the strongest fiber in the world. So you get longevity. If I tell you as a grocery store, you replace your polyester bags with my hemp bags and that person who buys it for his entire generation, he does not need to take another bag to the grocery. That is the difference that we are trying to build awareness into people that, you know, fast fashion has kind of spoiled this entire thing because people generally, you know, want to wear a piece of shirt or t-shirt six, seven times and then throw it away, not bothering about what happens to it. So we need to give this entire picture from farm to fashion and disposable, disposal of fashion. I think that entire picture is a very important picture that needs to be presented. I totally agree with you at the fast fashion. And again, how disconnected I was. And I give credit back where to hemp because I feel like it really revealed the opportunity that we have to make such a big impact and a change in that supply chain. Um, yeah, to sustainability. Yep. It's awesome. 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 So talk to me a little bit about your company. You know, where did you start? Where are you now? What are some of the visions that you have? Yeah, so we... We actually started with the R&D in 2018 is when I flew back and I realized I got to do something with this. But it took me a year to, you know, find a responsible yarn source to get, you know, all the credentials, all the certifications, the entire, because we work with 100% transparency and we believe in that. So we wanted to work with manufacturers that have the entire farm to yarn kind of you know, documented stages. So it took us time over there. Once we got the yarns, I mean, like most businesses definitely didn't work out. We had to do a lot of trials in terms of, you know, not only weaving the fabric, but getting the right finish, the right fall with the right, you know, non-hazardous chemicals and all of those things. So we started commercial production and selling in mid-2020. So you can call us kind of a pre-COVID uh, company. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just been one and a half years, but in these one and a half years, we've really grown. By that, I mean we started off with only targeting the shirting industry, uh, typically for men's. But within you know a few months, we got into women's wear, we got into kids wear and men's wear. Then in a few months, we got into home decor for bed sheets, pillow covers, cushion covers, sofas, sofa uh, sofa covers. And now we've got into the luggage department as well for, as I mentioned, shopping bags, grocery bags, pouches, school bags, and a lot of more products. And I feel it's endless. The possibilities are just going to increase. I've heard about, you know, yoga mats, and there are so many more possibilities. So I feel hemp basically is like the only crop that can literally uh, feed, you know, food to fuel. It has all those capabilities. And it's a super crop, definitely. So our vision basically with Weaving Vibes 
in if you ask me what the vision is there are two visions the business vision is since we are already into weaving and you know processing of the fabric we feel there's a big need for spinning to spin the right uh, yarns because currently the world is dependent only on china for sourcing of you know good quality yarns because definitely they have a 30 year experience than any other country in that field so to get the right spinning the right rowing retting processes the right wet spinning so i think that's where we as a business will uh, eventually uh, branch out because as per weaving we have a capacity of 280000 meters approximately per month so i think that's good enough for now okay uh, can you repeat those numbers i want to hear and what does that equate to what's that mean for consumers or somebody that's not in the space so basically our setup is a b2b setup so we have a manufacturing setup that can cater to around 250000 to 280000 meters of hemp fabric so that's our setup so we are actually going after big brands who we feel can actually build a change can build awareness can drive you know consumers to think in a different way because a hundred small companies can't make a change that one h&m or one you know other company can you know just launch a line worldwide with you know sustainable collection so we are ready for that we have the in house manufacturing capabilities for that we're just looking for collaborations we're looking for brands to reach out and try to you know give a, give him a chance okay so i've got a question as we've talked about this space right understanding you're in the weaving so you're buying your yarn right At, can you talk to me about some of the challenges that we're facing especially on a global scale for that piece the spinning you know taking the fiber to a quality raw material into a yarn and then into weaving correct so right now uh, the process of getting the fiber and converting into spinning is i feel the major gap in this industry right now because putting up a spinning mill is exhaustive in terms of finance so it's not everyone's cup of tea to go around putting up a spinning mill so yeah That's so true. i it is it is even for weaving but spinning is even a larger kind of a game you need a lot of manpower in there good amount of technical knowledge so that is the gap that we feel is what we want to fill in and uh, in terms of fiber there are a couple of countries producing good long staple fibers so we prefer to only buy long staple fibers because the quality of fabric comes out much much superior and better When so, you say long, long staple fibers, what are those? What are the standards? What is what is long? Like when I think long, uh, I'm thinking. But really, we're talking about two inches. Yes, thirty-six, forty-two millimeters plus. Okay. That's what we're looking at, and currently, India has legalized two states in India uh, to grow hemp. So these two states have been growing hemp, but not to the quality. for textiles most of the plants are just being used for you know cosmetics or medicinal purposes right now and you know the textile industry also requires hectares and hectares of hemp to grow to be you know churned into fiber and then into yarn and xyz so i feel we are the brim of changing because hemp is a such a robust crop it can grow in so many different climatic conditions so i feel it's a great bet for india 
to yeah. start with the growing and then get into the spinning. Yeah. Um, Amy said, made a great comment. The global gap is in the spinning. Great to hear of your plans. Fingers crossed for your success. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you know, this is something that we talk about all the time in this next step. And as we talk to brands on behalf of Global Hemp Association, these same topics come up. And so, yeah, it's always, always good. So talk to me about some of the greatest uh, challenges that you've been able to overcome. You know, what have, uh, what have been really good successes, especially in this last couple of years as you're really manufacturing or processing your... I mean... There were many great success. I think every step is a success for me since the day I formed the company till now. Because <laughs> manufacturing, yeah, manufacturing hemp fabric was just a dream for me. I didn't know if I could. And then it came to the stage, how can you? And then if you can, who will buy it? And there were so many stages. So definitely the first stage was sourcing the right yarn. Second stage was weaving. But I feel the biggest breakthrough we've had is understanding how versatile the fabric is. It's not just to the apparel sector is what most of the fabrics cater to. So we feel hemp can be used in such different industries and we have kind of tuned our manufacturing capabilities in a such a way that we can make a fine 90 GSM, which is a very fine hemp fabric to, you know, the thickest 340 GSM canvas fabric. So with that kind of a range, we fit into many, we can supply to many industries. And what another USP that we've developed is that we are 100% made to order. So if you, if you're, if anyone that's dealt with hemp fabric previously, they know that whenever they talk to any manufacturer, there's a set list of products that you get. That these are the products, this is what we have in stock, choose from this. So as a buyer, your limitations reduce and you lower your kind of standards in a way or your designs in a way to choose from what's available. So we've broken that in terms of we do 100% made to order. We sit with the brands, ask them what the end use is. Is it a pillow cover? Is it a curtain? Is it a shirt? And then we work backwards with them in terms of what Pantone shades do you want to play with? What kind of finishes do you want? Do you want a stiff, a soft finish? Then we tell them what blends. So either you can go for hemp and cotton, you can go for hemp and tensile, hemp and bamboo hemp and lyocell, the list goes on. You can even blend four or five. You can do hemp, bamboo, cotton, and lyocell. So when you give this flexibility to the brand, they feel very comfortable in working. Also, we work with very small MOQs. We work with 500 meters a batch. So what in this entire field, when we put up, it's, it's a funny story, but we put up the industry to cater to big brands. And we realized big brands don't really care right now. The people who care, are smaller boutiques, are smaller brands, are small fashion designers. So then we had to change our entire, you know, strategy to get into smaller MOQs because everyone wants 500 meters in 12 colors. But we want 5,000 meters per color because that's my setup. So yeah. we've kind of tuned ourselves to help other startups like myself also start somewhere. Okay, I like this. This is exciting. Do you have, in fact, I have to tell you, he sent me a pair of pants that has, it's absolutely beautiful fabric. I actually grabbed them and put them in a box because I'm taking a Minoco with me. But I, do you have any fabrics that you can show some samples of? I see. Yeah, I, do. I actually want to talk about this. Yeah. So, like I mentioned that Weaving Vibes is basically into innovating sustainable fabrics. So, we not only manufacture sustainable fabrics, process them in a sustainable way, but we've also started printing in a sustainable way. 
So we've launched a new collection where we offer brands eco-printed fabric. By eco-printed, I mean we use in the leaves and flowers found in nature. We put them on the fabric, imprint their colors and imprint their designing onto the fabric. So I would just like to show you one. Please, yes. <clears throat> and are you going to be at NOCO? Did you decide if you're going to be able to make it? Yes, 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 100%. I've got a booth, booked everything, and we're definitely going to do this. Okay, I'm excited. Ooh, pretty. So this, mm. if you can see, yeah. these are leaves that have been uh, printed and imprinted onto the fabric. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm going to make your screen bigger. Oh, just. So this is all done on 100% hemp fabric. We also have dyed fabric like this. So this is basically indigo dyed 100% hemp fabric. And we've used flowers and done the imprint. The prints that you see on this are small uh, flowers that I've taken to do the prints. I don't know if you can see the leaf clearly. Can you see it, Mandy? I can see it. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is something new that we've started. I mean, every definitely we can do digital printing, screen printing, rotary printing, and all the general prints. But we've gone a step ahead, and we said since we are manufacturing na natural fabrics, why not print with nat with nature? with what nature is given. So we go all around India, North India to South India, source different, different flowers, like marigold flower, rose flowers, petals, and different, different, smaller kind of uh, niche plants. Mm -hmm. And we get that back and then we do our R&D and kind of see. So the beauty in this is that you never get the same print again and again, because the flowers okay. are and do everything. We do cannabis leaves? We, uh, that's a sub. I didn't want to show you that because that's what I'm getting at NOCO. So if you okay. want to see cannabis leaf prints, I'll show you those at NOCO. Come to NOCO. That is so cool. Are you going to bring some of those fabrics, pieces of fabrics also? And many okay. more. And okay. Many more. Oh, they're beautiful. I, yeah, I love the leaves. I love how detailed they are. You can see each of the little cracks and yeah, veins. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so, so cool. Well, awesome. Okay. So, Fabrics, you've got those fabrics. You're going to bring a bunch to NoCo. How do yep. people how do people get in touch with you if they want to connect? I know we saw your website. You want to let people know how, how do people reach out if they're interested in ordering or yeah, collaborating? So, uh, you can get in touch with us via email. So okay, I can share it for you. Yep, you can share the email address. Also, what we have done is we. Uh, this is another kind of uh, this is another kind of bridge that we've kind of overcome is where we found a huge gap of uh, designers who who for whom bulk is fifty meters or hundred meters and who wanted to buy only five meters and ten meters. So for them, we've built an e-commerce website which is on www.weavingwives.com where we're opening it up worldwide right now where 
anyone from the world can buy 2 meters up to 50 meters okay. of all the fabrics that we have they can dye it themselves at home experiment make some dresses make some shirts and then get back for bulk orders that's awesome okay so you'll you'll have fabrics we had another comment ask you'll have fabrics for sale at noco i want some of your leaf print fabric it's beautiful we, the thing is i would love to carry that much only my regular stuff is going to be 40 to 50 kilos so i don't know if i can get all the fabrics but i definitely am carrying a lot of samples and uh, great, great place to get on they can get on and order it right from your site at that point so you right, right, exactly right from the site right over there at noco and we'll have it delivered within uh, 10 to 12 days okay so talk to me about you're obviously operating in india right are you planning to bring operations to you know to scale outside of india anywhere yes yes i mean we since we started we haven't actually sold any fabric in india we're completely export based okay so we have some clients we have actually two clients in mexico who are using our fabric to make shoes they're making the upper layer of the shoe then we have a lot of clients in australia and new zealand those two countries are you know booming and asking for hemp fabric weekly so we are definitely in america also we did a trial run with amazon where we were approached by amazon for our fabrics and i essentially told them that we are b2b i don't understand who's going to buy 2 meter cuts on amazon because amazon's a d2c market and he said no you know it's so interesting it's so new so put it on so i think yesterday or day before we actually sold out on amazon so the shipment will come but if anyone does want to buy fabric you can get on we are on amazon usa amazon uh, europe and uh, in mexico how oh, cool good for you what great progress this is exciting that's also available for anyone to purchase straight from amazon so that with prime delivery i think is less than 48 hours to your doorstep but we don't have the eco prints over there that i'll be carrying so that we'll have it up there soon awesome well i would love to attest support you know we've said for a long time especially for our members to be able to add links or backlinks from our site and our you know we've got a shopify account on another business that we link together to but i would love to help you know promote product one of the best ways that we're going to grow this industry is getting the product into consumers hands and so the more consumer products that are made the better we have of people touching it and understanding it and and especially seeing the difference in a polyester to a hemp or a rayon in a hemp right linen yeah believe me i had a lot of issues in terms of it's like these pillows you see behind me i don't make the pillows but there's a brand who wanted pillows so they said can you make the fabric we made the fabric they like we don't know how it's going to look in pillows can you make some pillows so we had to print the fabric make some pillows and give it then he came back saying you only make the price said no I said I can prototype. So we do a lot of prototyping for a lot of brands because like you said they don't exactly know how the product is going to turn out and then comes the question of after use of you know washing this pillow 50 times how does it feel after that how is the print after that. So there's so many questions that we have to help them with and guide them through the entire process. So I think that's where my basic and weaving vibes builds a relation with any brand it works with. because it's so hand in hand that you know it it just it's a beautiful kind of a synchronicity that's happening 
It's awesome. So we've got a question, Dave Camby. It's good to see you. Where do you source your hemp fiber, raw hemp from? And you're not sourcing raw hemp. You're buying the yarn, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. As of now, where we have sourced fibers, I have done trials in India with some big spinning mills who are already manufacturing and spinning a lot of linen. So it was kind of similar over there, but we didn't succeed. But we have been successful in making blends. So a 70 cotton, 30 hemp, a 70 XL, 30 hemp, a 70 lyocell, 30 hemp is what we've made. But we've, we've not managed to cross the 30 hemp threshold is what we're trying to get at. So currently we're sourcing uh, the yarns from Indian traders itself who are sourcing from, who are globally sourcing. So China is a big player in this currently. We are buying a lot of yarn from a state in India called Uttarakhand, which is being made from this Himalayan hemp yarn, which I think has become really famous. So Himalayan hemp yarn is also a really good yarn, but in the same, we're having the same problem where we're not getting a hundred percent hemp yarn. We are only able to manufacture blends. So that's why while speaking to you, I said we need a spinning unit which can manufacture, if not better quality as at least the same quality that China is delivering right now. So yeah. that is the benchmark. Absolutely. Well, and of course, that's what we're seeing as a challenge over here, right? Is getting the quality yeah. of fiber we need into the spinning mills. Um, can you talk to me a little bit different for those that are unfamiliar with the differences in linen and hemp or you know some of these other fabrics or materials? Correct. So that's, that's a question I keep getting from yeah. a lot of that are already in cotton who want to shift to hemp but they don't know why they should shift to hemp it's just everyone's talking about hemp so we should do it and they're like you know can you explain i'm like you should have done your research but then again we have to help them out so i break it down into two reasons into one is the farmers the benefit that the farmers get and the second is the garments and the disposal of the garments so if i have to you know start with the farmers I would start by saying the way it benefits them is firstly, it gr hemp grows really fast. So the yield time that they have, the turnaround time they have compared to cotton or linen is much faster. Secondly, hemp is one of those crops that replenishes the soil. So they don't have to spend too much in adding nutrients back to the soil. The third main point is it requires a lot less water. I would say one third the amount of water that cotton requires. So in those terms, their expenditure on bringing water on using water as a natural resource, which is now also, you know, not in abundance like it was before. So that also helps the farmer. Fourth and the most important reason is hemp doesn't require a sand pesticide. So it doesn't require a lot of fertilizers. So not only is the farmer's health not at risk, but again, it helps in terms of finances. And hemp, as we all know, absorbs carbon, carbon dioxide. Hemp is considered carbon negative as, you know, we all know it, it sucks in the carbon yeah. from the air and converts it into like leaves, plants and all. So, I mean, hemp has been shown to absorb more CO2 per hectare than any forest or commercial crop. So there are several benefits on the growing aspect of hemp. Then when we come on to the fabric aspect of hemp, hemp is definitely inherently UV resistant and antibacterial in nature. That's why I love to promote it for kids wear. Second reason is hemp gets softer and stronger every time you wash it. 
So in longevity, being the strongest natural fiber, the cycles that a hemp garment would go through would last longer than any cotton or linen garment. Also, hemp, I've, I have read, felt and experienced, absorbs color also in a much better way than cotton and linen. Okay, so I was going to ask you about that. Correct. In those terms, you know, when you're doing prints, when you're working with dyes, the color pickup and the fastness in terms of dry rubbing, wet rubbing is much superior than cotton. And overall, with such so many benefits, I, I wonder why fashion industry isn't picking up hemp, you know, the way it should and promote it. But these are the main two reasons why, you know, from the agricultural aspect as well as from the garment aspect are the two reasons why hemp is definitely superior than cotton and linen in my reasoning. Yeah. Well, and you hear all the time about the textiles, you know, the, the garments that everybody has, that they've had them for 10 years and they still feel, they actually feel better. Or the people that say, well, the first year that I wore it, it was a little bit tough, but now it's my 10th year in and I love it. It's my favorite shirt. That, that's because hemp is like wine. The more <laughs> you it, the better it gets, right? So the more you wash it, the more you use it, it just keeps getting better and better. I love it. I love it. I love it. There was a comment here made. Thank you guys, everybody, for joining. We've had lots of great comments and I've tried to share them, but thank you, Amy and Ron and Laura, Thatcher and Dave. Um, great features to know about hemp. We should coin hemp as a positive impact crop. It's kind of funny that, you know, as the climate smart commodities and the uh, greenhouse gases are at such a topic of conversation from the governments and on a global scale, hemp is right at the forefront of those discussions. So pretty yes. exciting pretty exciting yes it is okay so um talk, talk to me about where when people think textiles right a lot of times people are only thinking textiles clothing right when we're talking about textile fibers and opportunities to be using materials in different products right what about like the auto industry and um you know, can you speak a little bit about some of those materials that may be fed from hemp? That's another, yep, that's another very exciting industry that we are also looking into is the auto industry. Yeah. See, you need to understand fabric is used in so many different industries that it is just a matter of looking at it if it can be replaced with a sustainable product or not. And most of the times the answer is yes. And the answer is it's definitely better than yes. So the automobile industry is 100% a great industry to start with. In terms of there's so many like Tesla. I would okay. love Tesla since you're already in the sustainability field, you're manufacturing EV cars. You have to have all your materials inside, which I hope is sustainable. If not, you know, these are the people, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Volvo that has, you know, vouched to go by 2030 all electric. So these are the companies that I feel today or tomorrow will look into this. It's yeah. the same like I never thought of, you know, manufacturing duffel bag fabric. I never thought I would be manufacturing fabric for a company, you know, like a Converse kind of a company that is using fabric to make shoes. But it, it takes those brands to make that shift in mind, to realize that. And then we are sitting here, I'm ready to make, you know. So, oh, so exciting. Like, I'm, this is just a topic that for the last two years, when I started this, 
really the textiles arm of of our discussions took off and we gained a ton of traction and a lot of people interested but it's been a slow process to be able to bring the the mechanic side or the the um, processing side to or that second piece of processing right after decortication when you're cottonizing fiber or cleaning the the lignin and and pectin off right so it's exciting to see it yeah really really take off um yep. let's see so when we talk about trends right there's been when this first started there was a lot of concern also in you know is this just another bamboo is this another product that's going to grow quick? It's supposed to be you know, sequestering all this carbon, this huge benefit, but then a major pain in the butt or toxic for processing. So can you speak a little bit about what you see? And I think we've touched on it, but yes. to dive in more. Uh, so I feel for all these questions, there is there are institutes like GOTS, OKOTEX, FSC that are placed in position to make sure there is transparency to yeah. make sure that there is no one in the middle that, you know, goes a little off or who can manipulate, you know, the process in any way. So, uh, and there's also faith, right? At the end of, I mean, how much can you monitor? There, There is a limit to that. So I just feel like how you spoke about bamboo, I think hemp is not going to go the same direction. I think it's going to be really... Uh, approved in the market people are really going to understand it and especially in today's day and age where you know we are so aware of what is happening where there's so much of pollution happening be it the ocean be it the landfills or be it just generally you know cars creating pollution everyone especially the younger generation is very aware and is asking for environmentally sustainable products not only for clothing, but in general. In hemp, if we talk about there's soap, there's shampoo, there's cosmetics, there's clothes. You can literally live, you can wake up in the morning and sleep only with hemp products. There's a whole line. So yeah. it's just about you choosing that and you not choosing, you know, something sustainable. And your point of pricing, I do agree that the prices for anything sustainable is higher than the non-sustainable product but that is only because of acceptance is that these non-sustainable products are manufactured in such large quantity advertised at such mass scale that if the same kind of uh, audience or the same kind of time was given to sustainable products it's going to you know be accepted in a blink of an eye yeah absolutely so um, I hope if there's any questions from anybody else, chime in. I'd love to hear from you. Um, so talk to me a little bit about who are those ideal, who fits into that box that may really get behind the industry and push this into big brands, right? Who, who are we looking at as an industry to really say, get behind us and, you know, help take this to that next level, to that big scale? So in today's world where everything is driven by social media where big brands have a such a volume of followers mm -hmm. and there are some blind followers that will won't ask a question but you know their favorite brand has said this so they'll take it as writing on a stone right so the only people who have this audience can actually make the noise so though these are the people that need to come up 
and not do it to just show that we are also sustainable but actually pick it up with the goal and motive behind making you know the world a better place it's honestly global warming is a real thing it is happening the world is hot we need to cool it down and you know sustainability is a choice today it might not be tomorrow so let's not wait till we reach that stage just wake up and understand what are you eating what are you wearing how are you you know breathing and yeah. go with your dollar right we have an impact by where we spend our dollar and a lot of it's been like i said for me i was so disconnected to where everything i i just was not aware of the supply chain and how broken it was and the people that were the labor that was going into it. And James just made a really good comment. He said, "Isn't it wrong to say that it's more ex uh, or that it's more expensive if it's better, stronger, and lasts longer? In fact, it's just cheaper, right?" And that's hundred so percent uh, right, James. That's what I also believe in, and that's what I was telling Mandy the same thing as an example of a shopping bag. That yeah. whatever you purchase with him. I mean, I would say last your lifetime probably go on to your next generation as well, and when they dispose it off, it's not even going to harm the environment. So I take back my words. It's wrong to say it's more expensive. It's actually hundred percent, definitely not only cheaper but also healthier to adapt to this for you and the environment as well. So there are a lot of people that I say, you know, you you spend say eight hours or six hours of your day. sleeping on your bed sheet with your face touching your pillow so you should be very concerned with what that material is so in that we say that we're promoting a lot of hemp fabric in that with its you know antibacterial benefits that you know this should be appreciated and should be highly accepted as per a lot of people don't think about the bed sheets everyone wants like the cheapest bed sheet with the best print but yeah. we are trying to get people to ask a question what is this bed sheet made of my skin is going to be touching it for 6 to 8 hours is this good for my skin is this good for my body so these are all questions and definitely only when the customers ask are the brands going to answer they're not going to come out and give you answers on their own so it's for us to ask it's like mandy you said you know we decide where we spend our dollar so we should ask before we spend our dollar you're right okay. our consumers voting right the the pollution is piling up and it's right in our faces and it's affecting us so much more than i would i would like to answer robert's question where he said the blends don't hold up as long maybe 5 to 7 years yeah so in uh, in this also robert we've kind of found a way to make the blends work actually what happens in spinning is when you try to make say a hemp cotton or a hemp a uh, lyocell intimate blended yarn where you're blending at the fiber stage at that stage even however strong the hemp fibers are the manu the, the csp level of those yarns are very poor even poorer than a 100% cotton yarn that's because when they are blended the properties sometimes don't add up to bring about the strength and the quality so even if robert i wish you i hope you're coming to noco so we are going to have a lot of blends in our blends you'll notice are a little different in terms of we use a 100% both ways so if i'm blending hemp with bamboo i'll be not using an intimate hemp blended you know intimate hemp bamboo blended yarn but i'll use a 100% hemp yarn and a 100% bamboo yarn with that yeah 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 and then so, spin it okay yeah, yeah. so with that 
the when fiber to yarn is happening all the characteristics all the properties all the strengths are mentioned and then when you put it on the weaving machine weave it process it it comes out strong and that's when you know you will have a better uh, life cycle to the fabric that's great. That, what great feedback. I've heard that so often, you know, about the blends. And I think what you just addressed is something that's probably not shared very often about, yeah. you know, blending two different fibers compared to same blend fiber. Probably we will, in the future, we will, with technology, get to that stage where we will yeah. find an answer for this as well. But currently, in my experience of manufacturing, I've found is what Robert said that, yeah, the intimate blends don't kind of come out to the right parameters of a non-intimate blended fabric. Um, Amy made a really good point. For those of you that don't know Amy, she's a rock star in this industry and a huge value add to so many students up in Montana and, and professionals within this industry. But James Doyle, he's another rock star in the auto industry. Uh, but the business model and structures within the industry need to be shifted more on the B2B side and the B2C side. Awareness needs needed on the cost of the activities. What do you think it's going to take to get that that message out there so that the buyer understands that the dollar T-shirt has a much heavier impact on the people and our environment compared to, say, a more sustainably made product that may cost more? Correct. So I think now that gap is bridging. It's where before we as manufacturers had to really go out of the way to convince the brands. Now it's we going half and the brands coming halfway. Now, if you notice the shift that is happening, a lot of brands are understanding the impact of the fabrics they're making. They are understanding what they're consuming and what they're selling. So they, I feel, are halfway coming down this side where they are looking for opportunities, looking for manufacturers, looking for different fabrics that even they can offer to their customers. So it's a very exciting time because it's it's the consumer the consumer's driving this right and and the consumer now is willing to pay they're willing to pay more money and especially these younger generations that like i said are being impacted by the detriment of what has happened or the lack of concern about the impact in the last few years you know 10 15 20 30 years yep that's awesome 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 So what can the industry do to support your growth? You know, if it, who, what are you looking for and how can we really jump in and support you? I mean, I am always, as I said, we're always into innovations. So I'm always looking for newer yarns, for different kind of blends, for different strengths, different, you know, uh, colors. So there are a lot of, we are doing a lot of yarn dyeing now. So there are some yarns that catch colors, some don't. So we're trying to figure out you know, what is the play there as well. So what we are actually looking for is two things, a lot of raw material supply, a lot of help on that side mm-hmm. in terms of yarn or in terms of fiber. Because as I mentioned, we are thinking of putting up the spinning plant. So we are already doing a lot of trials in terms of, you know, where to get our fibers, which is the best fiber, which is the best quality of fiber. So that is one aspect. The second aspect is in brands kind of wanting and you know taking a chance with hemp and creating a collection so i'm always promoting and offering anyone and everyone that you know we are 100 percent made to order we make customized fabrics so
so there is you know even though you're from the kids wear the women's wear the men's wear you can approach us if you're from the luggage department you can approach us if you're from home decor we are here for you and we like mandy mentioned we also want to get into automobiles so uh, we are basically are here weaving vibes goal is basically to be a pioneer and an aggregator in this you know sustainable living space we are not here for the buck we are here to create something that the future generations will benefit from and we are always with open hands and the whole idea is to build you know this holistic like you spoke about the community in india the community is growing every day and how but it is still unorganized it is scattered for yeah. me per se like we mentioned i also want weaving vibes to be a holistic brand so my invoices my chalans are all printed on 100% hemp paper then i look on searching for hemp packaging so the community breeds i have a lot of companies where i'm supplying 100% hemp uniforms to so and they are into the cbd space but they want they also want a holistic kind of approach to their company so they've also shifted to hemp paper they want hemp uniforms they want now hemp shoes we've also approached the hotel industry where you know the slippers that you get in every uh, yeah. room yeah so we said that it's about time you switch to sustainable slippers and there is a variety of options and it's it's at a very nominal cost so okay. avenues are many and we are always open with with arms so anyone willing to try give hemp a chance or anything you want to manufacture we are here for you okay so you've got my wheels spinning and there's tons of people i want to connect you to dave was on earlier especially when you're talking about sourcing raw material and really moving into that piece of it he's doing some incredible things um and then i what would next steps be if somebody wants to start manufacturing or selling product you know especially like your pillows or your bags or backpacks are you just yeah. selling fabric or you actually have those end products that say i could post on my website and start selling so currently we're only doing fabrics we're not selling the final products but we're supporting brands that want to sell final products so if there's anyone out there that has an idea that wants to start a company that has a product in mind but doesn't know the a to z of sourcing that product of how is it going to be then i am here to help you out with all of that i will send you like these the final product and i will help you with all the manufacturing with all the contacts and everything that's basically what weaving vibes is here to do is here to help uh, other brands build their you know their market or other entrepreneurs you know start their businesses so pillows if you want i can make a few for you and get them that's not a problem but we're definitely not getting into full scale you know manufacturing of the end product so this happening in fabric already you know i just want to you know be a, i don't want to be a jack of all trades i just want to pioneer this first yeah but you've built these connections right i think what'd be great is as you come up with or we've got new clients that are selling send them our way let's connect them through our network so we can help distribute their product as much as we can and then that, yeah i'm going to put this out there your calendar is probably going to fill up for noco because there's a quite a few people on here that are saying hey we want to connect and i want to you know learn more and so reach out to 
reach out to their team, you know, let them know what you're working on, set up a time, come by their booth and no co, um, you know, if you're going to be at the awards banquet, which I'd love to have you there, especially after this, we'll make sure that you, you get on or are able to come. It's a beautiful dinner on Thursday night. It's a formal dinner, but there's, I think it's three or four course meal at a beautiful location, um, within the hotel, but at a really nice, you know, upscale. Um, meal. And so we're excited about highlighting people that are doing it right in the industry, really making an impact and doing things just like you are really leading the charge. So thank you. Thank you, Mandy, for your kind words. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, anything else before we sum up or we close up? It's already been almost an hour. Uh, I think we covered everything. One thing that what you mentioned about brands and how they can reach out and what they can do. So we, we've had a lot of inquiries in India as well. Because a lot of small brands that do eventually make products, they they come back to us saying we're not able to sell it. Can you help us even sell this? So actually, in the month of April, we are organizing an event in uh, in Mumbai, in India, where we are bringing in several brands, brands from you know building material to apparels to medicine to cosmetics to packaging, all these different different brands, and we're bringing them under one roof because not only do they kind of eventually need each other in terms of you know where i mentioned the holistic image but also there needs to be a lot of there needs this community to come together and get organized everyone is scattered and there's so many people who don't know who want to live sustainably but have no idea of where do i get information from who do i contact where where do i buy these products what are the benefits of these products so we are basically doing an event uh, to promote awareness, to un make people understand that there is a better choice and these are the better choices. Here are the people who are making changes in giving you a better choice. So uh -huh. that is one thing that I feel really takes up and then I want to go around the world with these brands and just build, build and exhibit because it's all about awareness, right? What you're doing, talking to so many people every day, the goal is to connect and build awareness because it's it's all about... It's all about getting to know. Once you get to know, then you'll think about whether I want or not. Okay, well, I think I have India on my list now of places to travel to. <laughs> I would love to come and visit and yeah, support however yeah. we can, of course. Um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for joining. There are still lots of comments coming in. Jump on our LinkedIn page or YouTube channel, and you'll be able to reply or see any other comments that we may have missed. Thanks everybody for joining. We do not have a meeting until next week. In fact, I was just gonna look at my calendar and highlight when we do have our next, but I do wanna remind everybody, oh, it looks like I've got another one right after this. I forgot, like our Cannabis, Cannabis News Hub, which is really cool. Um, Brad is one of our members and it's a platform that allows you to get in and search all news and media. They had partnered with News Bank, which is a bank of news but specifically focus on the hemp and cannabis industry. And they have articles from the 1800s. So you can get in and see on your census, you know, back in the day, you used to have to report how many acres of hemp you grew. And it's all available online. So pretty exciting. But thank you so much, everybody, for joining. And we'll log off for now and see you next time. Thank you, Mandy. Absolutely. Have a nice day. For sure. We'll talk soon. Yep. See you soon.